Why do we wear wedding rings on the fourth finger of our left hand? Find out next on Junkie. Yeah, welcome to Junk Food, the podcast about junk food, where we rate and review mystery treats to determine which one will be the undisputed champion of snacks. I'm your host, Mike. Alongside me, as always, Alyssa. Hey, Dad. Hey, Liz. So, what what kind of eggs did the evil chicken lay? What kind of eggs did the evil chicken lay? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> De- deviled eggs. Deviled eggs. Wow. <laughs> you like that one, huh? You know what was really funny today at basketball? What was that? The ref, like, at the end of the game when we were saying, like, good job to them, mm-hmm. or, like, thank you and stuff, we gave him, like, fist bumps, and he said, up high to Ellie. Oh, because Ellie's very small. <laughs> That's funny. Shout out to Ellie. That ref was good today. He was fun. He was explaining to me the difference in the hand signals between full timeouts, which is when you spread your arms wide like this, with your hands open. That's right. And a 30-second timeout when you kind of touch your shoulders. And he said the little the little timeout, the 30-second timeout is the little fish. And when you put your arms out way wide, that's the big fish. Big one. 60 I don't like second. fish. Fish are smelly instinct. Well, they are. That's true. Those are fish. And that was a dad joke. A joke you tell to your dad. If you'd like to submit a dad joke for Alyssa to tell me on the show, you can send it in to us via X or Threads or Blue Sky at Junk Feud Pod or via email to junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Liz, that was an appropriate uh, dad joke today talking about deviled eggs because we're going to be talking about a saint today, if you can believe it. Can you believe it? No. Well, <laughs> we'll get to that in I just, just a moment. I just don't understand the connection. Well, that's because you haven't read the notes yet uh, and we'll get into it in just a moment. But before that, I suppose I should say, welcome back once again to the World's Geetus Podcast. The Giotis show on Earth, very mid, giving him the ick, super bus, and hitting him with the riz each and every week. Yeah, that's right. Liz, before we talk about saints and devils, as it were, uh, do you want to talk about the Costco chocolate chip cookie? Sure. I think this is a big deal because it's very rare that Costco gets a new dessert item in the food court that is in the cultural zeitgeist in the way that the Costco chocolate chip cookie has been in the zeitgeist. Do you know what zeitgeist is? No. It's like uh, the popular moment, the current fad. Liz, you had the Costco chocolate chip cookie, did you not? Um, I don't remember. You did, because I got one and I brought it home and you had some of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what'd you think of it overall? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was a big cookie. Yeah. A very big cookie. Alyssa, the Costco chocolate chip cookie is $2.49 for one cookie. Which is not a lot when you're talking about like big uh, sort of gourmet style chocolate chip cookies. It's a weird word, gourmet, but let's just go with it. Yeah, gourmet cookie. That's right. It's 750 calories, Alyssa, for one cookie. Well, you didn't eat the entire thing. You ate, you know, a bite of it. And I had, well, I had... (laughs) I had too much of it, of course, Uh, and your mom had some of it, so we all kind of shared it because it's big enough to share. The thing is stacked, thick. It is a big cookie. It's probably like, I don't know, like four or five inches uh, in diameter, about probably like an inch, an inch and a half high. It was a big cookie. A lot of people, Alyssa, are upset online about the Costco chocolate chip cookie. Why? For one thing, it replaced the churro, of course. Uh, It did? It did. There are no more churros at the Costco food court. See? Now you're upset as well. That's so dumb. Well, yeah, that's what a lot of people think because uh, the churro, despite the fact that we reviewed it on the show and thought that it was just okay, I think, the Costco churro. It's the Costco churro, though. That's right. It's like an institution. 
There's not many places you can get a big churro for like, you know, a buck 50 or whatever it was. It is kind of annoying, isn't it? And uh, also, Alyssa, because of this new chocolate chip cookie that is 750 calories and they go, Costco goes out of their way to describe it as being made with all butter. Do you know what an all butter cookie is? Mm-mm. So when you make a cookie, you have to have some sort of uh, fat in there. And uh, most homemade chocolate chip cookies are made with all butter as the fat. But big industrial factory store cookies usually are a mixture of fats like uh, butter and shortening or butter and and oils, for example. Like the Subway cookie is probably uh, some butter, but but a lot of oil in it, for example. Maybe that's what my stomach hurt after I ate it. Yeah, well, that seems to be the trend, Liz, because people are not used to eating 750 calories (laughs) of mostly butter. That's like two sticks of butter. If the cookie were made of Truly all butter and didn't have anything else in it. It would be like two full sticks of butter just eating. You know what's actually hand. pretty good? What's that? If you just take like a, a salted stick of butter and you just like bite a little bit off. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Are you one of those kids that like hides under your desk at school and eats sticks of butter? <laughs> There's like one in every class. You, you don't want to be the weird kid that eats the sticks of butter, Liz. Wait, remember Sam and Cat the sock? The, the butter sock? I did not remember the butter sock on Salmon Cat. In Salmon Cat, they put um, butter inside of the sock. Uh-huh. And since they couldn't have, like, weapons, because it's like a kid show, you know, that's what Sam would use to beat up people. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. And it would knock them out cold. I think in prison, you put a bar of soap in a sock and you hit somebody with it. That's a thing, right? Was that in Cool Hand Luke? I think that's in Cool Hand Luke. Anyway, like I was saying, you don't want to be the kid that eats the butter under the table. Yeah. Or like the kid that eats the tube of toothpaste, for example. Oh, one time when you were a baby, do you remember this? You ate you ate a tube of uh, antifungal cream of like Lotrimin, like foot lotion. Yeah. And we had to call poison control and they were like, well, that's pretty gross, but uh, it's not going to do anything. She might not feel good for a while, but we got lucky there. Was I fine? Yeah, you were fine. You didn't even care. You thought it tasted pretty good, I think. <laughs> Hey, speaking of uh, cookies, Alyssa, and speaking of things that taste pretty good, we've got a snackatizer. Yeah, you were excited for this one. Last week, we did fudge stripes on the show. We talked about how a fudge stripe s'mores cookie was the ultimate fudge stripe food hack. And uh, then I was in Five Below the other day, Liz. I was searching for today's snack, unsuccessfully, I might add. And I saw these, which are Keebler branded Dippums fudge stripes minis s'mores this is wild it's the real deal in the flesh or in the shortbread as it were oh my gosh hold on i have something to add oh no breaking news from aldi's Uh miss miss colleen okay let's call her that shout out to miss colleen it's not what i usually you know you know go on so she bought these cookies from um Aldi's and they were fudge stripes. Oh. But they were Aldi brand and they are so much better than the regular deal. Wow, no they way. They are so good. Well, grandma will be happy to hear that. She loves Aldi stuff. The Aldi's fudge stripes were better than they the legit so Keebler good. fudge stripes. Does Ernie the Elf know about this? I don't know, but Well, anyway, let's let's try these fudge stripes s'mores minis cuz here's the thing about this. Uh as usual, you sneak attacked these. Yeah. I bought two little packs for us each to have one to try on the show. And then when I came down to the kitchen to check them out, uh, one of them was gone. Do you care to tell me what happened there? Well, um, I was on my way to softball. Uh-huh. And I was a little hungry. Uh-huh. So I ate them. The entire pack. 
Yeah. Well, anyway, we have one left, luckily enough. It's a little brown tray. Look. Oh, yeah. Aldi fudge striped shortbread cookies. They do look exactly the same. Benton's. Those are, are, yeah. Benton's Benton's brand. Look, they're like the same thing. Oh, are those mint down there in that other photo? Yeah. Aldi's has some mint. Now, that would be good. Mint striped fudge cookies, like a little bit grasshoppery, a little bit uh, thin minty. Yeah. I would like that. They're so, we have to go to an Aldi's and get one of those. Those are so good. So, listen, there's a little brown tray here. On one side, there is a little oval shape, and it's full of. What you're demonstrating for me right now, which is a very stringy marshmallow cream. You know what it reminds me of? The elf that you like can mold that we have. Oh my gosh, that's right. Like with that. The little like silly putty elf. Mm -hmm. There are little tiny fudge stripe cookies. They're about the size of a quarter and you dip them in the marshmallow cream. Oh, that's quite good. I just like the string. I mean, that's real good. I am a, a sucker for a marshmallow cream, anything marshmallow flavored which is going to play into this episode later. Yeah, I uh list these are these are quite good. I'm going to double up here and make a sandwich like this was an actual s'more. So two cookies with the marshmallow cream in the middle. It is a little messy though. <laughs> yeah, you're making a big string there. You know what I like about this list? It's just the right size. This is a little a little snack container. It was $2.50. I think that's maybe a little bit much, but it's I wish there were more. There were there's only like 7. Yeah, there's not a lot of cookies. There's a good amount of marshmallow cream. So you like, could really for like... the amount of like... Of dipping stuff? No, for the amount of... um No, for the... Sorry, for the size of them, there's not a lot of cookies. Yeah, these are small cookies, like we said. Like there like could be more. It would be quarter. nice to have like, I don't know, like three more maybe. But it's a good little snack. It's 190 calories for the pack. This would be like a good thing to hold you over. Like you said, on the way to softball, for example. Oh. What do you think for a score for these? They're not as good as regular fudge stripes, obviously. Small uh, foods are cute, small foods are fun, but small foods are not always better. I'll give it like a C. A C, just average, huh? Yeah. I'd go a little higher. I'd say B minus. I love marshmallow stuff. I'm a sucker for marshmallow. And uh, Liz, hey, speaking of suckers, that reminds me of this week's snack. Up next on Junk Food, it's... Cinnamon Imperial Hearts. Alyssa, what is a cinnamon imperial heart? What a weird thing to say. A tiny cinnamon... Candies shaped like arts. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. That's our show. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, Liz, obviously. Uh, you might not believe this, but cinnamon hearts were not always shaped like hearts. Did you know that? Oh. Yeah, that's right. Alyssa, this is our Valentine's Day episode. I neglected to say at the top of the show, uh, this is about as close to Valentine's Day as we're going to get this year. So this is our Valentine's Day episode, and we wanted to do something associated with Valentine's Day. And it's uh, it's hard to find something as associated with Valentine's Day, Alyssa, as a heart-shaped cinnamon candy. They're bright red. They're shaped like a heart. They taste like spicy cinnamon. That's basically what Valentine's Day is in candy form. You know what we should have done for Valentine's Day? What's that, bud? We should have done um, chocolate roses. Chocolate roses? That's a good idea. We'll put that on the calendar for a Valentine's Day hence. I think we've got chocolate-covered strawberries on there. That would have been a good one. At some point in the future, that's right. So Liz, like I was saying, Cinnamon Imperial Hearts actually started off life as a different candy entirely. And that's a candy that was created by the Ferrara Candy Company, which was a venture started by Italian immigrants Salvatore and Serafina Ferrara in Chicago in 1908. A list that candy was called simply Red Hots. When you said Italian, it reminded me of something Ella said. Can I say it real quick? Uh, sure. We were making- Shout out to Ella, by the way. <laughs> 
We were making mac and cheese when you guys were away, as you saw our blue mac and cheese. Yeah, it was gross looking. And she goes, Liz, can you get out pasta from the cabinet? And we love pasta uh-huh. in this house. Uh-huh. And we had a lot. That's true. The whole shelf was pasta. I was like, well, what do you want? And she goes, I don't know. Just grab one. I was like, Ella, there's like 10 different kinds of pasta <laughs> in here. What do you want? And she goes, I don't know. Just grab one. So I grabbed- um Penny. <laughs> Well, actually, first I grabbed linguine. Oh yeah, that's not gonna work, is as it? As a mac and cheese, and she goes, "Oh, so what are you doing? Let me get, let me get it." And then she opens the cabinet, and she didn't know what to pick. So I was like, hmm. "Yeah." That's it. That's the story. Yeah. Liz. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about red hots before that strange interlude. Yeah. Do you know what red hots are? Um, candies that are red and hot. Yeah, I mean, basically that's it. They're little cinnamon candies, but instead of being shaped like a heart, they're just shaped like a. They're not shaped like anything. Yeah, they're little circles. Red Hots were and still are, Alyssa, little cold panned candies, which is a type of confection that's made when you cook a sugar syrup until it's firm enough that you can stretch it and pull it like it's taffy. Red Hots remind me of um, hot tamales. Hot tamales. That's a good comparison. We're going to try them and we're going to see if they taste the same. The texture and the shape are a little bit different. Wait, we're trying those today? Well, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, so hang on to that thought. Liz, I was saying, uh, when you when you're cold panning a candy, you stretch and pull the sugar syrup after it's cooked. When it's like taffy, like a taffy consistency, and then you need air into it until you can form it into a very smooth, very long rope, and then you cut that rope to size and you tumble the little pieces around in a big pan with some sugar and some flavoring, usually and corn syrup, and that will start to build up layers upon layers upon layers on the little piece of candy until you get a really hard and crispy shell around the chewy center. And people liked these candies early on and in the Depression era because they were easy to make, they were cheap to make. You could make them in a small space. The operation wasn't very complicated. And in the era before refrigeration lists, it was less risky and less costly to produce something than... than uh, like a like a cold pan candy, for example, instead of a chocolate bar, because you couldn't sell chocolate in the summer. It would simply melt. Wait, people never had, like, refrigerators? Well, no, not, uh, not for a while. Then how'd they keep their food good? Well, for a lot of history, you just ate fresh food because you couldn't store it. And then there were methods like salting and curing and smoking to keep things like meats very uh, good for long. And pickling, of course, would keep vegetables, uh, you know, good for a long time. And then eventually people figured out how to deliver ice frequently. So people had ice boxes, which were basically like big coolers with giant blocks of ice in them. You had to get ice delivered regularly. Oh, what's an ice box candy? An ice box candy? I don't know about an icebox candy. An icebox cake is a is a That's thing. That's what I mean. That's what you're talking about. Icebox cakes are pretty good. I think we had one recently, didn't didn't we? Didn't someone make an icebox cake recently? It's usually like little chocolate wafers that have whipped cream put between them until you fill up a tin. Uh, yeah, it looks like that. Um, like a like a loaf pan, and then you freeze the whole thing, and it's like the cookies get really soft and mushy and become sort of one with the whipped cream, and it's sort of like a cake that you make out of whipped cream and cookies. Me and Ella tried to make one like this, like a strawberry, like a fruit kind of one with graham cracker. Uh Uh-huh. It didn't turn out very good. That's okay. Yeah, that seems to be a theme with you and Ella lately, uh, cooking food. (laughs) Blue mac and cheese with linguine and uh, a failed icebox cake. Liz. What? In 1932, the Ferrara Company... Salvatore and his wife, Serafina, started selling their own version of classic cinnamon imperial candies that they called Red Hots on account of their cinnamon spice. And that's where Red Hots came from. 
and that eventually made its way into a heart-shaped cinnamon imperial, which is just the cinnamon heart that we have around Valentine's Day now. Liz. Yeah. What else was going on in 1932? The Winter Olympics took place in Lake Placid. Yeah, no alligators there from what I understand. It was a movie. Lake Placid was a movie about a Uh, giant (laughs) alligator. Wait, aren't the Olympics in Paris this year? That's right. The Summer Olympics will be in Paris, France this year. Where aren't we supposed to go? Uh, Not not, to the Olympics. Not for the Olympics. Are we going to go? I may be there. Bruh. Bruh. The the Lindbergh baby was kidnapped in New Jersey. Yeah, the Lindbergh baby. Big tragedy, that. Um, Did they ever find it? Well, they found... I'll just say yes. Mm -hmm. No. Amelia Earhart flew to the Northern Ireland. Uh Uh-huh. Goofy debuted in Disney cartoons. That's right. The Benelux Union was negotiated. Benelux, that's right. Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg. The Dow Jones Industrial (laughs) Average. Dow Jones, dear. Dow Jones. Who's Dow Dow Jones? Dow Jones. Who's Dow Jones? Who's Dow Jones? Yeah. That was two people. Oh. Dow Jones Industrial Average bottomed out at 41.22. Uh-huh. The 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 positron positron the positron was discovered. That's right. Gandhi began began his hunt hunger strike. Uh huh. FDR won the presidency. That's right. Casey Kasem was born, and Lucy Bacon died. Yeah, nineteen thirty-two. Heck of a year, right? Yeah. So hey, we mentioned a minute ago that Red Hots were a type of candy called a cinnamon imperial. Do you know what a cinnamon imperial is? No. Well, it was a generic name that was given to like a small cinnamon candy. Liz, you will be interested to know the name has its origins in a bit of uh, what I would call preventative nomenclature. Do you know what that is? No. It's when you change the name of something because you don't want to deal with the consequences of it. Uh, What color are cinnamon candies, Alyssa? Red. Yeah, that's right. They're red. And what political ideology and economic system is the color red associated with? Communism. Communism. That's right, Alyssa. Now... Uh, communism has a bit of a sordid history, to put it lightly, and around this time in the 30s, folks are not so hot on uh, necessarily being associated with it, especially if they are in the United States, especially if they are immigrants from another country, and especially if they're trying to sell candies. So when they would make these cinnamon candies, which were bright red, so as to dissuade people from thinking that the candies were red because the candy makers were communists, they called them cinnamon imperials. Uh, to try to like associate them with the divine right of kings rather than the hammer and the sickle. Oh. Yeah, like the crown, like uh, the regency, empires, imperialism, the opposite of communism in some sense. Uh, So anyway, at least that's what I heard. I don't know how true any of this is. But Liz, um, now this is an old-fashioned candy, a cinnamon imperial, a little hard candy that tastes like cinnamon. This is not a thing like kids in your class are going out of their way to oh my pick gosh. up and bring the to school, right? kids in my class did like the cinnamon challenge. Oh, the one where you eat like a teaspoon of cinnamon? Yeah, well, you can you can die. <laughs> so it's really it's dumb really to do hydrophobic. that. Is that the word? Yeah, that's right. Wow, very good, Alyssa. Uh, yeah, so people don't really eat these like out of hand as a snacking candy. It's rare to find it. Some people do, I will say. I was on Reddit looking around and, you know, some people say, oh, I love these. I eat them all the time. I just keep a dish of them, you know, on my desk or whatever. I don't think that's the most popular way to consume these. Mostly throughout history, folks have used these for baking lists. Yeah, if you can find them at all these days, you will find cinnamon imperials in the food decorating section of the baking aisle 
of your grocery store where they're offered in these little glass vials. And so like at Christmas time, if you're making cookies, a little cinnamon imperial will be a red nose for a Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer cookie, right? Mm -hmm. Or if it's Halloween and you made bat cupcakes, you might use the little red eyes, uh, the little red imperials as eyes for the bats or uh, an outline on a decorated cake for a birthday. And of course, because they're red and they're decorations, people put them on just about everything at Valentine's Day. Liz, do you know how hard it was for me to find these? Even very now, hard. very, very difficult. Even now, it's Valentine's Day. It's the Valentine's Day season. There have been little pink decorations on store shelves since before Christmas, Liz, the middle of December. I'm so excited for Easter. <laughs> what, do you, uh, what is it that you like about Easter in particular? I like, wait, it's on a Sunday every year, right? That's correct. Easter Sunday. Yeah. So I like how it's on a Sunday. Okay. then- the next day, like on Monday. Wait, do we get off Easter Monday? No. Why do I? F but I don't. Know. Anyway, on Monday, and then I get to bring all my candy to school. Oh, that's right. That is a good time for you to bring. Uh, and you bring it to share with your friends, right? Yeah. Wow, kids these days. I tell you what, uh, I would never have done that. I would have eaten it all. I don't really like by candy myself. that much. I know that's true. You and your brother are a little bit of an anomaly, I think. But that's good. Uh, which is why we do this show, so you can get in all the candy and snacking that you want. In a controlled environment. Yeah. So, Liz, like I was saying, I had to go to uh, three different grocery stores. Two different Walmarts. Two different Walmarts. Two different dollar stores. Uh, a Walgreens, a Five Below, and a Target. And I couldn't find these things in any of them. Uh, now, I could have just bought some on Amazon, like most people probably would have. But I would have had to pay way too much for a small bag. How much was it? It was like $7 for... Uh, well, a bag that, spoiler alert, I picked up at Dollar General today for $1. So I would have had to pay $7 to have it shipped from Amazon. Or I could have paid less per ounce, like the, the appropriate amount, but I would have had to buy like a 10-pound box, which I don't want, and we would never eat. So it was tough. What I had to do, Alyssa, was I had to go online and check actual store inventories, and I found an Acme market, like a South Jersey supermarket that just happens to have a few outposts up here where we live about 15 miles away and lo and behold they had cinnamon imperial hearts and they were on sale and the dollar general wow. in the next town over just happened to have red hots and they were on sale and a weiss market in another town had a little vial of baking cinnamon imperials which i wanted to try as sort of like a control batch now Alyssa, we've already talked about cinnamon imperials and red hots and how they're the color red and every year in January and February list, people go crazy for red foods because Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Yeah. And there's no real food associated with Valentine's Day as far as I can tell. I mean, there's anything heart-shaped, anything red or pink. Last lots year we did- Lots of those pink lollipops. Yeah, lots of those pink lollipops. Last year we did conversation hearts. We talked today about how we're going to do chocolate-covered strawberries at some point. Liz, if you go in the shops now, there are like aisles and aisles and aisles of red stuff, just any kind of food- dyed red basically to be for valentine's day everything's strawberry flavored this year Ugh. which i noticed i do like artificial strawberry flavor you're not crazy about it right now here's the thing uh cinnamon imperials obviously are already red so it wasn't much of a stretch to make them heart-shaped as well and i don't know exactly when that happened but at some point between 1932 and the present day a valentine's day icon was born and the brox company has been making cinnamon imperials for you know as long as i can remember because these were things that were around when i was a kid so this is where you're supposed to make a joke about how old i am mm, you're really old thanks great job uh liz yeah 
What do you know about Valentine's Day? Um, it's on February 14th. That's right. It's on February 14th. Do you know why it's on February 14th every year? N- nope. Well, it's because Valentine's Day is a religious feast, actually. Uh, a feast? A feast. That's right. It's the feast day of St. Valentine. Do you know who St. Valentine was? Um, a Roman priest. Yeah, St. Valentine was a Roman priest and a real person, which is amazing because I probably knew this. Someone probably told me at one point, but I never really thought about it because it's just, I think of Valentine's Day and I think of, you know, Cupid, the little baby in a diaper with wings and a bow, that kind of thing. When I think of Valentine's Day, I think of the heart-shaped lasagna. The heart. That we get to eat. Oh, dinner. the heart shaped heart shaped ravioli. Yeah, that one. That's right. Oh, I love it so much. Hey, we were talking about Costco earlier. They have them. I got to go pick some up tomorrow. No, I thought we got them from the meat market. Sometimes we also get them from the meat market. I want to get it from the meat market. Oh well, excuse me, Liz. Uh, the reason we celebrate the feast of Saint Valentine on February fourteenth is because Saint Valentine was a real person. In fact, you can go to Rome today and you can see his skull, his preserved oh, skull. Um, no, thank you. It's on display. That's really weird. Isn't Rome like really pretty? Uh, there are parts of Rome that are really pretty. That's right. Liz, he was imprisoned and executed on February 14th. So oh. he was he was a martyr. And that's why we celebrate his feast on February 14th. Now, uh, it wasn't until a couple hundred years later after his death that he was given a feast day to celebrate his life and deeds. Um, and even after that, we didn't start to associate the day, Valentine's Day, with the idea of romantic love until about 700 years later when uh, Geoffrey Chaucer wrote some poems about it. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. It's around that time that people start to think of and associate St. Valentine and the things that he did with this idea of like being in love with someone or pining or longing for someone or something. Um Listen, there are some stories that give us an idea about why Valentine's Day is associated with love. And again, some of these may be apocryphal, but uh, there is actually a reason that we celebrate by adorning everything with little hearts. So, for example, St. Valentine was said to have written the first Valentine. Like, you know, you give uh, Valentines to people, be my Valentine, that thing. It's obviously from St. Valentine. Nobody else could have done it. It's his name. So the story is when he was imprisoned, uh, his jailer had a daughter and the daughter was blind. And St. Valentine possibly performed a miracle and restored her sight. Uh, And then they became friends. And before he was executed, he wrote her a letter and signed it at the bottom from your Valentine. And people thought this was quite cute, even though he was being led to you know, a certain death. Uh, And now in his honor, we double the prices of roses every February as a result. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Valentine would be a very cute little girl name. That's right. I think it would be. You had a little friend named Valentino when you were in uh, preschool. And now I have a friend in sixth grade named Valentina. There you go. So Valentine, Valentino, Valentina. Shout outs to all. Liz, uh, apparently also St. Valentine liked to cut little hearts out of people, uh, pieces of parchment. Out of people? Yeah, he did, definitely didn't cut the hearts out of people. That would have been horrible. But he did like to give them to soldiers who were going off to fight war to remind them of God's love or something like that. Uh, so there's that too. Yeah, so he's associated with Valentine's cards and little hearts. Um, Liz, did you know that there are some very, very old Valentine's cards that have survived the ages? Really? Yeah, that's right. Charles, the Duke of Orleans, wrote a Valentine's card to his wife while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London in 1415. What, 1415? 1415, that's right. Almost as old as you. Oh my gosh, well, 
I'm glad to see you're back awake again. Uh, Shakespeare wrote about that in Hamlet, actually. And after the invention of the postage stamp, Alyssa, I didn't know this, in 1840, there was a surge that year of Valentine's cards mailed in London with more than 400,000 transiting through the post boxes there. 400,000 Valentine's cards mailed in 1840. And uh, now, of course, we have cards and flowers and fancy dinners and, of course, candy, including the standard heart-shaped box, shout out to uh, Kurt Cobain, of candy that lines the seasonal aisle of every convenience store from here to Kalamazoo every year. Where's Kalamazoo? Michigan. 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 It's shout the out glove. to That's right, the mitten, dear. Uh, Liz. What? Do you know why the heart is a symbol that's associated with love? Not just with Valentine's Day, but with love in general, the heart. Any ideas? Because it's perfectly symmetrical? Well. I don't know. I mean, that's, that is. That's what came to my head. That is a real good guess. It is kind of an amusing thing. Like, there you is, know, like, per, like if it was perfectly symmetrical and that's what resembles your love life. Oh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like it's a, a reciprocal relationship between two people. Reciprocal Macintosh. Reciprocal Macintosh. That's right. And uh, yeah, that's actually a really uh, a good, um, that's a good uh, idea there, Liz, because people are uh, obviously attracted to bilateral symmetry. It's a thing that's existed throughout time and evolution. Now, there is the, the, you know, like the big fluttery, perfectly symmetrical heart shape like you were talking about that we instinctively draw around Valentine's Day and then toss like a little Cupid's arrow through, but that doesn't actually look anything like a real heart, like we said. No. You've walked through a giant model of a real heart at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. It did not look like the heart emoji. No. So what's up with that shape? Why, uh, what is up with the shape and why does the heart mean love? I don't know why. Well, from a historical perspective, Liz, we have the ancient Greeks to thank for this. As far as we know, they were the first on our records to associate uh, the chest and the heart, that, that area of the body, with strong feelings. And this was possibly due to the tightening that you feel in your chest when you're under stress, like good or bad stress. Uh, Plato, for example, was super big into this. He thought that feelings came from the heart in the chest. Dad, I think I know where the heart, like this heart, came from. Uh huh. Like you're you're making the hand, hand the hand sign for the heart that kids do. Taylor Swift. Tay Tay, shout out to Taylor Swift, patron saint of uh, junk food. Go on. That that's what it came from. Oh, you think that you think that the idea of a heart came from Taylor Swift? Yeah. Okay, well, a bit of revisionist history there. Uh, and just like Plato, Alyssa, you're wrong. Plato was wrong, of course, too. Emotions like uh, like love, for example. Isn't Plato a, like a moon? That's, uh, well, or Pluto is a dwarf planet. Oh. Plato was a philosopher, dear. Wait, why did it become a dwarf planet on a real planet anymore? Well, I think there were some changes to the way that... Uh, some of our governing bodies classified how large something had to be to be considered a planet or a planetoid. And, so, you know, things like that change over time. Oh. Yeah, the more we learn, the more we start to uh, rethink some things that we thought were true in the past, sort of recalculate, reclassify things. You did. You drew a little heart on the blanket that you're covering your lower half with here. Uh, Alyssa, like we said, Plato was wrong. Emotions are controlled by the amygdala in the brain. But here's the thing. You can't feel your brain beating when somebody cute walks in front of you. What do you feel? Your heart. Your heart. That's right. It's That's like right. Yes, very good. If your heart is beating like that, you should see a doctor. <laughs> List the uh, ancient Romans thought that there was a vein. This is interesting. A single vein that ran from the fourth finger of the left hand directly into the heart. And that's why uh, we wear wedding rings there today. Wait, Dad, ready? What's that? Oh, you're making the little heart that you drew beat. That's very funny, Liz. Like the like 
<laughs> like at the hibachi when they make the fried rice heart and put the spatula underneath it and make the heartbeat. And in Jesse, where the dad is like, and then his his hand like flew out a big fake heart flew onto the dinner table. Shout out to Jesse. You love that show, don't you? So let's the, uh, the ancient uh, Romans were obviously wrong about the vein going from the finger to the heart, but it was too late. I'm still wearing my wedding ring on that finger right now. Now, as far as I can tell, the first stylized emoji style heart with the, the big lobes and the pointy end there, Alyssa, shows up in a medieval French picture book in 1344. Ooh. 1344, that's right. There was a, uh, a romantic scene on the page. And then from there, the icon spread. And uh, now you see like those I Heart New York shirts, obviously, that was very iconic. Those were from 1977. And uh, in the present day, there are, I think, something like 30 or 40 different heart emojis that you can get on your phone today. Really? Yeah. Now, the most reasonable explanation that I found for why the stylized heart icon looks like it does with two symmetrical lobes and a point at the bottom was that it was just before people knew a guess at what they thought a heart might look like inside the body. And then it just became sort of like a shorthand. Again, I don't think that's true, but it's a reasonable explanation. It what's is What's your favorite heart emoji? My <laughs> What's my favorite heart emoji? Yeah. I don't know. Is there like uh they have different meanings, don't they? Like the different colored ones are for different things. I don't know this. I don't know. I guess, I don't know. Maybe like a, like a blue heart? I don't know. I like blue. I like I like the one, um, like it's a heart in the front and a heart in the, like a little bit back, like small, and then it like does the wraparound arrow. Oh, very clever. I yes. Like that. that is very nice. So and let's, the pink one with like the little extra rims around. Oh, the outlined, the- uh, Yeah. Yeah, the one that has the stroke around it. Very nice, Liz. So you've got your favorite heart emojis on your phone. Yeah. You're still pretty young. You haven't much. Uh, you haven't had much of a chance to form any real Valentine's Day memories. But what do you associate with the holiday? You know, as a as a 13 year old. Tissue boxes. Tissue boxes. Oh, of course, from school. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do with those? We would line them up in our cubbies, uh -huh. and at the end of the day, we would get to bring in our our valentines and we would get to put them in the little tissue box that is really a special day at school isn't it when you're very young so much fun it really was i even remember like being a child going to school was mostly awful like teachers and principals were pretty much yelling at you all the time you were always doing things wrong and then there was that one day a year when you got positive reinforcement from all your peers when you'd get a little card with a little cartoon character on it that would say like, I don't actually hate You're you. swell. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you kind of needed that to keep going. That was pretty good. I love holidays, like like those small holidays during school because in my social studies class, it's so boring and we get to do Jeopardy. <laughs> Shout out to Holiday Jeopardy in uh, social study. Liz, I don't really have any uh, good stories about Valentine's Day courting or anything like that. So most of my <laughs> associations with the holiday are, surprise here, food-based. Did you uh, know that? Um, no. Well, of course it's true. Uh, specifically, Liz, Valentine's Day, the single worst day of the year to dine out at a restaurant. Can you imagine? Why? Well, here's why. Well, uh, and I can tell you based on firsthand experience. Um, when I was in college, I waited tables at a chain restaurant. And for the most part, this was an awful job. Uh, people were terrible. Everything about it sucked. But Valentine's Day was a very particular type of punishment. 
So here's the thing. Uh, universally, people that work with food say you should not under any circumstances go out to eat on Valentine's Day because you will not have a good experience. You should just stay home, cook a nice romantic dinner for yourself and a loved one, uh, be out of the fray, as it were. But if you have to venture out with a date on Valentine's Day to a restaurant list, here's what you're getting yourself into. Okay. First of all, the restaurant will be very crowded. Everyone has had the same exact idea as you. So they're all there at the same time. Uh, Because of this, people will be very angry because none of them thought that anybody else was going out to eat dinner on Valentine's Day. They all thought this was their special night with their date. So they'll be pissed. They're going to yell at you. They're going to yell at each other. They've got this vision in their head of the perfect dinner date. And no part of that involves standing near a hostess desk for like 45 minutes. So let's strike one right there. Uh, Because of the demand, the restaurant is going to try to turn your table over quickly. Do you know what it means to turn over a table list? Like when people are just leaving and like not everything's clear and stuff. Yeah, you want to try to get people in and out as quickly as possible. So you like sit them down, you say, hey, how you doing? What do you want to drink? You get their drinks, you take their order, you get the food on the table. When the food's done, you say, you want anything else? Here's the check, get out. So you're trying to turn those tables over like really, really quickly. So it it means you're going to be rushed through your meal. Now, in addition to that, on Valentine's Day, parties are usually two tops. Do you know what a two top is? Like you and one person, that's it. That's right. It's a party of two instead of like the usual, you know, four or more when you go out to eat with like a family or something like that. So it means now you have your server hustling through a lot of smaller open checks. So they're probably not making as much money as they're used to. uh, And the kitchen is trying to cycle stuff in and out as quickly as possible. So you're not getting the best service on that day. And then, of course, there's the menu. Now, many restaurants will have a special menu on Valentine's Day, and this is for a number of reasons, and none of those are really in your best interest. It looks like it's a special Valentine's Day thing, like they're doing something good for you, but usually it's a smaller, simpler menu to try to help out the kitchen and the staff by reducing complexity, and it's also usually more expensive than normal for the same items that if you had gone a day before or the day after, you would get for like half the price. And it's usually junk that you don't want or don't need that's uh, adorned with a really high markup, like a truffle or like an odd liqueur or something like that. And then of course, there's the clientele because so many people choose to dine out on Valentine's Day that are not experienced diners. This is like the one night of the year that they'll come out to a restaurant. So they will not have reasonable expectations for what it means to dine at a restaurant and they will take that out on you. So that's pretty awful. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to complain about everything. They're going to send food back. They're going to try to get stuff for free. They're generally just going to have a bad time. And so you are too. And then there's always the people that try to impress their dates by like belittling the help or arguing, or in some cases, I've seen people try to actually fist fight waiters because of that. You'll get harassed. You might get uh, assaulted. It's pretty awful. Have you ever? No, I never actually physically fought somebody uh, when I was waiting tables. I did chase people down into the parking lot that conveniently forgot to tip, and I reminded them that they left their empty credit card slip on the table, uh, and then they huffed and puffed and very hastily signed their name to this credit card receipt while we were standing in the parking lot freezing. But no, I never actually fought anybody. Um, But people are very weird about tipping on Valentine's Day, too. So some people try to be like super generous and show off. Uh, by giving you a big tip like, hey, uh, you know, my date, I want to show you I'm a real big spender. But then like there's also a lot of people that don't understand custom or think it's like a macho thing to stiff the waiter on the bill. I understand you're supposed to like tip 20%, but how do, how do you do that? Uh, well, you calculate 20% of the bill. So the easiest way for me to do it is to simply take the total and divide it by five because that would be 20%. 
Yeah, there's lots of different ways to do it. There's calculators on everybody's phones now, so there's really no excuse to not know how much to tip, I guess. Uh, Liz, remember how I said there were sometimes weird ingredients or drinks on the special Valentine's Day menu? Yeah. All right, so this one is- Shirley Temple. <laughs> well, yeah, so this was like a Shirley Temple for adults, Liz. There was a special bar menu one year at the restaurant, and there was a cocktail on it that was made with a spirit that was called Alizé Red Passion. Now, Alizé Red Passion was- awful, objectively bad. The drink itself was bad. Alizé Red Passion as a a spirit, a a liquor, an alcoholic beverage was uniquely bad on its own. But, you know, somebody in corporate didn't think so. And so (laughs) this one table came in and they ordered a whole bunch of these Alizé Red Passion cocktails over the course of their meal. Uh, And then later that night, I had to clean up a big pile of Alizé Red Passion puke from the floor of the bathroom. Yeah, not my favorite Valentine's Day list by any means. That's great. But you know what my favorite part of this show is? Alyssa reads the ingredients. Alyssa reads the ingredients. You sound super hyped for this, bud. Yeah. What's in Cinnamon Imperial Hearts, Liz? Corn syrup, sugar, modified food starch, corn. Uh-huh. Corn starch, artificial flavor, and red 40. Yeah, these are, like I said earlier with the cold panning technique, surprisingly simple. It's just a sugar candy with a little bit of flavor. Then where does the... Cinnamon come in from the art of flavor. That's right. Got you. You got it, dude. So let's get to the rules of the game. Junk Feud is a culinary clash to see which treat will be crowned the undisputed champion of snacks. It's a King of the Mountain style battle in which the reigning champ takes on a new challenger each week to see which snack reigns supreme. And Alyssa. Yeah. The reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is. Fudge Stripes. Yeah, Fudge Stripes cookies. Alyssa. Yeah. Scandal. Yeah. We walked back our scores on birch beer after January ended unprecedented. Although I actually stand by that. Yeah. I've had a few more birch beers since that night when we when we relitigated our scores, and I think we made the right choice downgrading it. Yeah. Their birch beer is very good, but it's very much in the moment and dependent on its accompaniment. And uh, that means that we've got Fudge Stripes now as our champ, but I gotta say it feels a little bit suboptimal. Yeah. If you're a wrestling fan, uh, you would know that Fudge Stripes now are the Mikey Whipwreck of Junk Feud, I think. You don't know who he is, do you? No. Well, anyway, let's let's see what happens because uh, today we're trying cinnamon imperial hearts from Brock's. Just tiny little cinnamon candies. That's all. Yeah. But wait, Alyssa. Oh my goodness, whose music is that? Oh no 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 oh, no no no. <laughs> Why? This doesn't have as much drama to it because we've already said that we have these. But yeah, we got Red Hots, the original 1932 Red Hots. Uh, you know, for the sake of comparison, I went to the Dollar General and uh, they were just a buck there. So we have them. And Liz, also, like I said, as a control, I got a little glass vial of cinnamon imperials for decoration. So we have the heart-shaped ones. We have the original Red Hots. And then we have just generic decorative cinnamon imperials to see if there's any difference. So Dad, Liz, you know what's good what's about that? us doing a podcast and not YouTube videos? What's that, bud? Because the way that I look while we record these, I'm always yawning and slouching. Yeah, I know. If we were going to do this on camera, you'd have to like have actual video etiquette (laughs) as you make your grumpy teenager face at the microphone that nobody can see. (laughs) So Liz, it's crunch time. Crunch time. We rate our snacks using a tier list from sprinkles to fun dip. Sprinkles to fun dip. So snacks can be graded A, B, C, D, or F with the very best treats earning the elusive S tier ranking the following contest is scheduled for one serving one serving and it's for the undisputed championship of junk food let's check it out here is a bag of brock's cinnamon heart imperials 
I thought you had them in like a shaker. Oh, I do. In fact, these are the Cinnamon Imperials from the Betty Crocker Sprinkles line. It says artificially flavored Cinnamon Imperials. They're in a little, hold on, ASMR with Alyssa. Yeah, they're in a little but shaker. that's not with Alyssa. This is with Alyssa. Well, that was even better. Good job. Uh, and then here are the original Ferrera Candy Company Red Hots. So if you look at the Cinnamon Imperials, List, I'm a pro. You're going to make a great Foley artist one day. I'm going to go pro. I'm going pro. Liz, tell me what you see on the bag of the Brock's Cinnamon Heart Imperials. So it's pink and like a darkish pink. Uh-huh. Um, there's two, well, there's an old lady with cupcakes and a dog holding a purse okay. with a heart on it. <laughs> and then there's a girl who looks like she walked out of a Dunkin' and she's definitely a valley girl with those shoes. Wow. And then there's a cupcake in the middle with the hearts on the icing and yeah. around them. So the implication here is this is for Valentine's Day and also it's for decorating your baked goods. And on the back, there's a little couple, a little couple sharing a cookie and then on a cake. They look adorable. Now, I am not going to allow you to open this bag because I don't want these things running all over the place like they're Ralphie's BBs. Here you go. Here are some Cinnamon Heart Imperials. Now, get a whiff of this bag here. Ugh. Strong, strong cinnamon candy it smell. It smells like mom's candles. Yeah, they do. They Yankee smell like candles. Christmas cinnamon Yankee candles. They smell very much like you associated this uh, earlier, hot tamales. At the same time, I'm going to open this bag of Red Hots so we can pour those out too. There's just a couple there. Are we going to be able to tell? Yeah. Oh, wait, actually. Now it's close because the the same color. They're the same color, and the cinnamon hearts just have a slight divot in the top, whereas the red hots are completely no, no, round. Man, I'm just kind of seeing a triangle. They're just kind of like oblong. Yeah, yeah, that is more like a triangle than anything else. And then hereless are the Betty Crocker Sprinkles Imperials, which are tiny, slightly smaller than the red hots. These are like the Skittles mini size. Yeah, you're right. Like these are Skittles mini size and the Red Hots are like Skittles size. Like, maybe slightly smaller than Skittles. Yeah. All right. So let's try them out here. These are all bright, shiny red. The hearts are, this, they're ugly. Yeah. <laughs> these are not good heart shapes. Like you said, they're mostly just triangles. You are making a- Why'd it get so hot? face because these are hot. They're cinnamon. Cinnamon candy flavor is spicy hot, which is weird because like- Cinnamon sugar is not. It's warming. It's earthy. It's like a like a wasabi hot. Yeah, like, like it a keeps your tongue burning. Like a burning tongue, sinus clearing hot. I don't like it. You're saying no. You don't like it at all. You're making a face. Do I have to bite it. Well, it's candy. You can chew it. The inside's a little bit sweeter. You hate it. Ugh. These taste very much like every other cinnamon candy you've ever had. An atomic fireball, a hot tamale. A stick of big red gum. You've never had any cinnamon candy? I've never even had a hot tamale. You're reaching for the water already. So yeah, there's a strong, strong spicy candy cinnamon flavor on the outside. The inside is a little, it's not really chewy. It's not really like a taffy. It's more spongy. It kind of crumbles a little bit when you bite it. Ugh. So you didn't like the Brock's Cinnamon Heart Imperials? No. I have bad news for you. My guess is that these are all going to taste exactly the same. So let's try the Red Hots next. They taste exactly the same. Uh, 
they're the same candy through and through. (laughs) (laughs) I guess if you were like very old or very old fashioned or perhaps a masochist, you might want to eat these like all the time. Look forward to this part of the year when you could get them regularly. I can't even like pinch my nose because it just burns. Yeah. I will say there is a bit of a satisfying sweetness at the end of these because they are, after all, a candy and they're just sugar. Like this is sugar and corn syrup, which is just more sugar and a little bit of artificial cinnamon flavor. So let's try the little sprinkles, the little imperials. This would be something you would like put on top of a cookie or a cupcake. Plus, what flavor cupcake would you put a cinnamon imperial on? None of these. Do you think you might like cinnamon and chocolate together, like a chocolate cupcake, maybe with one or two of these on top? No. Sort of get that Mexican hot chocolate thing going on where it's like spicy chocolate? No. I like these ones because they're a little milder. You know, I wonder if they actually are milder or if just like at this point after eating three of these, our palates are just completely blown out and we can't really taste anything. That's probably it. It's tough to tell. For my money, these all taste exactly the same. I would not go out of my way to have these. It's cute to have cinnamon heart imperials around at Valentine's Day. I at least appreciate the effort of making a heart-shaped candy from something that isn't heart-shaped for people that want to have like thematic baked goods. I would if you just put these, you could probably put these in um like those tall, thin, slim like va- va- vases. Oh sure, like just as decoration. And I would not be able to tell that those are not rocks. They look like shiny (laughs) plastic rocks. Yeah, they do. And they feel like them too. Oh, they feel like those stress stones. Stress stones? I don't know what that is. So they're, well, they're just like these like gems. Yeah. Well, not gems, but. Stress stones? These like rocks and they're like smooth quartz. They just feel super good. Oh, that's nice. Well, at least these are nice to handle then, huh? Yeah. So let's hit the bliss point list. What do you think? Uh, What do you. Like these things. Oh, yeah. So it's just a smooth rock that you rub your yeah. thumb over. A worry stone. Okay. That's interesting. Hey, these are a little bit too small to do that, I think. Yeah. And eventually you'll get uh, the color and the flavor will rub off on your fingers. Let's see how long it takes for that. You're going to try that? Yeah. So while you're doing that, Liz, why don't you tell me what your scores are for Cinnamon Heart Imperials from Brock's, Red Hearts from Ferrara, and then Betty Crocker Cinnamon Imperials. They all taste the same, so I'm going to go with C. A C, these are an average snack for you. Yes. That is a stronger uh, rating, I think, Alyssa, C minus. Than, I, than, than I was expecting from you. C minus, so slightly below average. Alyssa, I'll give these the D plus, the gentleman's F. Uh, they're all not good. You have to super, super want to eat just hot, fake cinnamon flavor to like these. Uh, they're, they're too small to do much of anything with. They will contrast. Okay, so it took you about 15 seconds to rub the red color off. look at it. And now it's very dull. You've rubbed all the shine off the outside of the heart. That's sad. It is sad. Uh, It does feel good, though, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you're enjoying it. Yeah, I don't like these. You don't like them either. You got to really like cinnamon candy flavor to even want to have these around. It's neat that they exist. I'm glad Valentine's Day is a thing, uh, but I don't care about these and I won't be eating them. So, Alyssa, uh, I think it goes without saying your winner and still reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks is Fudge Fudge Stripe Cookies. Yeah, you ate, you finished off the bag of them last night, you and Ella, so you should know. No, we didn't. Two nights ago, sorry. No, I brought them to school. My friends ate all of them. Oh, good grief. Well, Well, there were four left, so. Hey, uh, Liss. That reminds me. Well, that was a bit of a sneak attack of you telling me that you took those 
cookies at school. And hey, we got a sneak attack on the Oreo roll. I had not seen this announced, Alyssa. It came out of nowhere. I was at Walmart the other day looking for Imperial Cinnamon Hearts, and lo and behold, I saw this. Have you seen this, Liz? These are Space Dunk Oreos. What? Limited edition, five galactic designs, and cosmic cream with popping candy. Liz, these are at least double stuffed Oreos. They're emblazoned with the word Space Dunk on the wrapper, and it's sort of like a very shiny blue, purple, red, pink design. It looks like the cosmos. There's rocket ships. Get your phone, scan it. Scan to lift off with Oreo. It says, listen, I think there's a, uh, I think there's, there's a contest where you can win a trip to space, Alyssa. Why would you want to do that? I don't know. People are weird. Up. Oh, there it is. So listen, while I'm looking this up, why don't you pop those open and see what's going on with Space Dunk Oreos. They are fantastic looking, Alyssa. Uh, (laughs) So these are normal Oreo wafers, except on one side, it's the Oreo cookie design. And then the other side is a space themed cookie. And Liz, I've got a little astronaut helmet. What do you have in yours? I have a shooting star. And there's a hole in the middle of the space themed cookie. And in that, the cream from the middle is coming out, which is two-toned. It's pink and like a royal blue. Now, Alyssa, allegedly, this is a, and I talked about this earlier, I'm into marshmallow. This is a marshmallow. Got it. (laughs) Yeah, this is a marshmallow flavored cream with popping candy, it says inside. This will be perfect. Which is, is, Alyssa, as we know, the non-denominational name for Pop Rocks. So it's just, I'm looking at the app right now from what I scanned here, and it's, uh, there's an augmented reality experience, and, uh, oh, oh, you successfully nudged the cookie from your forehead into your mouth. Congratulations. I'm impressed. (laughs) Okay. So there's a little, uh, there's a little augmented reality game. Oh my goodness. The Space Dunk Oreos (laughs) have successfully lifted off from the package and are now uh, hovering in 3D on my phone screen alongside an astronaut who's riding a rocket ship like he's, uh, well, like he's Slim Pickens in Dr. Strangelove. All right, that was cute at least. I mean, nothing special there. Is there Pop Rocks in here? Yeah, that's what I said. Popping candy, Pop Rocks. Yeah, look at that. Wait, I, I want to mix the cream. So obviously the Oreo cookie is the standard Oreo cookie, except for the one that's- We still have paper towels up here. Yeah, we do. Except for the one that's got the the theme design on it. And then the cream is dyed these electric colors, pink and blue. I'm going to eat all the cream right now. Liz, these are fun. I like these a lot. Wait, look. It turned into like, I don't even know, like a gray purple. Yeah. Okay, ready? The cream smells marshmallowy. The marshmallow flavor gets a little bit lost because the Oreo cookies are so, um, you know, the cocoa and chocolate is is very prominent here. Oh, I'm going to eat all of these. Ready? But the Pop Rocks, Pop Rocks, the Pop Rocks are a nice surprise inside because they crunch a little bit if you bite them. But then if you do the normal Pop Rock thing and let them explode in your mouth, on your tongue, you can hear and feel them, which is great. Liz, I've got, oh, since these are Space Dunk Oreos, Alyssa, I've got some milk here. For us to dunk our space dunk Oreos in. So let's try that. <laughs> That's fun. This is great. 
Dad, if you keep it, if you keep it on the Oreo and lick it, I can hear it. Wow, they are, as expected, even better with milk. Liz, I don't know. These might be better than fudge stripes, Liz. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I think they are. Space Dunk Oreos, Marshmallow Cream, Pop Rocks, fun colors, fun shapes, an augmented reality game. Alyssa, I vote for these as the new champion of snacks. I do too. Oh my gosh. The Oreo rule invoked the question asked and answered your new reigning defending undisputed champion of snacks limited edition space dunk oreos these are so good it's like if somebody took a double stuffed oreo and was like let's make it more fun yeah i love that that's wild a new champ space dunk oreos holy cannoli Alyssa. and you're still (laughs) pop rocking away over here Hey, while you're doing that, let's ask her, let's, uh, ask her while, while you're doing that, let's answer another very important question. One we ask on this show each and every week. Can you deep fry this week's snack? Will it deep fry? Liz? Mm. No, you cannot deep fry uh, cinnamon imperial hearts, but here's the thing I found out. You don't need to deep fry them because people, uh, love to put these in recipes where they don't belong. There are a shocking amount of weird recipes from like the 1950s to the present day, including cinnamon imperials and red hots. Liz, first of all, people like to add them to hot drinks. Hot apple cider, I think that makes sense because cinnamon and apple cider are flavors that go together well. I feel like that would actually work out. It probably would, right? So you you just toss a couple of these into the hot beverage and then the candy melts and flavors the, the hot liquid. Uh, hot chocolates, like we said earlier, like a Montezuma-style Aztec Mexican hot chocolate with, with uh, cayenne, putting cinnamon in them would be even better. Teas, of course, even cinnamon teas would make sense. Now, Lissa, here's another one that, that I found that was really gross. If you uh, take a jar of pickles and you pour the pickle juice into a saucepan, and you boil the pickle juice, and you dump in a whole bunch of cinnamon imperials, and then you put the pickle juice with the cinnamon imperial sludge back into the pickle jar, you get these weird cinnamony sweet pickles. I'm not brave enough to try that. Are you? No. No, I don't think so. Maybe one of our intrepid listeners will do that. Uh, Cinnamon imperials pair well with apples and applesauce, even better with apple butter. Here's the weirdest one that I found, Liz. In the 1950s, people liked to take cinnamon imperials, cook them down with water until they formed like a red cinnamon syrup, and then they would add that to packets of gelatin, like a lime jello, and then they would cut up apples and celery and walnuts and put that into the cinnamon lime jello and make like a mold out of it. Does that sound awful? Yeah. It sounds like the thing that Aunt Bethany brings to Christmas vacation. Yeah. With the cat food in it. That's pretty awful. That's upsetting, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, Liz, speaking of upsetting, it's time to check out the back of the box, a weekly segment where we play a little game. Would you like to play a game? Sure. Liz, this week's segment is Off With Their Bread. Off With Their Bread. <laughs> On Off With Their Bread, we discuss historical figures that were beheaded for treason. And Liz, since we're talking about Valentine's Day and love in general, uh, I figured it would be a good idea to talk a little bit about another one of Henry VIII's wives, uh, specifically one that was beheaded for her own extracurricular Romantic Conquests, that's Catherine Howard, Alyssa. Oh. Yeah, coincidentally enough, she was executed on February 13th, just one day shy of the celebration of Valentine's Day. Do you know anything about Catherine Howard, Liz? Um, no. Well, was she, she called Katie? 
Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I've seen her name spelled both with a C and a K, so it's possible. Oh, wait, you know what's kind of scary? What's that, bud? February 13th. That could have been a Friday the 13th. Oh my goodness, you're right. It could have been. I'll have to check to see if the year that she was executed was a Friday the 13th. But listen. That would be crazy. That would be crazy. Catherine Howard, the fifth wife of Henry VIII, she was Queen of England for like, I don't know, a year, year and a half, something like that. Probably a minor at the time of the wedding, maybe 17 years old. Uh, Old Henry himself, he was nearing 50. So the whole thing was kind of problematic to begin with. Listen, it only got worse from there. Uh, Catherine Howard, the 10th child of a poor mother, but still descended from aristocracy. She was the cousin of Anne Boleyn, who was the second of Henry VIII's wife, also beheaded for treason. Uh, amazingly enough, uh, Lissa, just a couple weeks ago, I was standing on the very spot at the Tower of London where both Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard were beheaded. There's a little monument to them there. How about that? You're making your gross face. That's weird. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking of weird, Liz, it turns out old Catherine had a few boyfriends before she married the king. And one of those uh, old flames might have been her own distant cousin, a guy named Thomas Culpepper. What in the Bama? Yeah, well, and it turns out she might have been carrying on with uh, with uh, old Tom behind the king's back when they found a love letter from her to him in his room. Yeah, and that was it for the fifth wife of Henry VIII. She was imprisoned for a few months, and then she was, this is this is savageless, uh, she was told to dispose of her soul and prepare for death. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty metal. Um, Dude, she's crazy. Yeah, she was walked over the London Bridge, uh, where Thomas Culpepper's head was already removed from his body and uh, stabbed onto a pike for her to see. Wait, uh, when you get beheaded, uh-huh. is there a way to survive that? Well, no. <laughs> Uh, but you may have like a, a br- the briefest moment of uh, of sensory input still after your head is removed from your body. So there are reports of, uh, you know, heads rolling around and still breathing or talking or the eyes looking around for, for a very brief moment. That's funny. Yeah, so that's pretty awful. Uh, it's uh, Alyssa morbidly funny uh still one of thomas culpepper's friends was also executed with him although he was not beheaded he was instead hung drawn and quartered do you know what hung drawn and quartered is Alyssa? nope well uh hung first is to be hung from the neck until dead like you know hangman's noose gallows old west style uh and then drawn is to be flayed open and have all your blood removed and then to be quartered is to be uh chopped into four pieces, into quarters, which is a particularly nasty way to go. And now, right at the foot of London Bridge List, there is a pub called The Hung, Drawn, and Quartered. Oh. Yeah, anyway, that was it for Catherine Howard. She seemed nice, aside from all that. A little dirty cheat. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably living life with Henry VIII was not so great. Uh, but again, no excuse for any of this. No one probably should have their head cut off or uh, anything like that. Liz. What? What did you think about the show today? Are Oreos actually the new winner? Yeah, the Oreo rule stands. It was invoked in the very first episode. Space Dunk Oreos, your champions. Unbelievable. Those are actually really fun. They're good. I like them. This is such a great idea. And it came out of nowhere. I had seen I had seen no uh, pre-advertisements for this until they showed up in the store at, at the Walmart that I was in. Yeah. Anyway, Liz, that was an excellent episode. And this episode should reach you in excellent condition. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. If you've got a question for us, you can write to the address on the label. That's junkfeudpod at gmail.com. Liz, any final thoughts? No. No. That's a strong no. This podcast is continued. Recommend a daily allowance of fun. fun. For more, go to X, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, or wherever you choose to be social. Find us at Junk Feud Pod. You can watch fun side reviews on YouTube, buy our merch on TeePublic, 
And don't forget to catch all the snacks each and every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Until we see you again, for Alyssa, I'm Mike. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on ya. Bye. Happy Valentine's Day. Wah. <laughs>